Hello and welcome back to another episode of FBL Hit or Quit. So I'm back with Io today. Hey guys. It's been a minute. We've uh, we've taken a little hiatus, but now we're back and better than ever. Yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. Okay. So we're heading into game week eight now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's game week eight. Game week eight. I had a great game week seven, and uh, I'm really excited that we chose this week to come back to the pod because I'm excited to 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 bloat a little bit to a, a boast <laughs> i was pretty uh, mad about my game week seven so let's not push it yeah okay well we got to start a little bit i guess i'll start since i'm a bit more excited so i got 51 points this week which is nothing crazy gaming rank of about a million but i feel like a lot of people in our week in our league had some poor weeks and uh, it pushed me up all the way to sixth so I'm really it was excited also a relative. It was also a relatively low average uh, game, uh, like a game week average was re- really low at 38 points. 38, right? Yeah, a lot didn't go right this week. And honestly, I wouldn't have had that great a week if it wasn't for my captain choice. My captain choice really carried me. I, I captained Mo Salah at home to Bad City, and I got a lot of flack for that. A lot of people weren't too hot on my my take, and I was I was preaching it all week as well. I was telling all my friends. Trust me, Mo Salah, he's the guy. I don't care about no fixture. I don't care about no Lukaku. I have well, nothing to do with Ronaldo. I don't even know Ronaldo, but the only other captain I considered was Antonio, and he he also blanked too. So in the end, I'm just glad I went with the king, man. Mo Salah is the best player in the Premier League right now, and I felt confident in him despite the fixture. I, I almost feel like I would captain him every single week and be just fine. But um, specifically for the City game, I was really feeling a high-scoring game only because I felt Liverpool's defense has been shocking this year, like the worst I've seen in the last four years. And I just know, I'm sure they're self-aware of that. So I just figured that if they're going to beat Man City here at Anfield, if they're going to put on a performance here, they're going to go for the goals. So that was my thinking. Went with the Mo Salah captain. And he had one of the, I think, the best games of his Premier League career. Yeah, it wasn't too bad of a game for him. He scored a worldie against City. Oh, what a goal. And the assist, the whole run, the build-up play from like halfway and that pass to Mane was just perfect. Oh, I felt like that game was one hell of a game. Yeah, like City City as well like showed up. So, man, it felt like a classic. In a year when everyone's talking about the new guys at United and the new-look Chelsea team, like if it was a classic Liverpool City game, pretty much what we're used to the last three or four years, and I really enjoy that one. <laughs> For me, it was the, not the same. I wasn't on the same boat because I captained Lukaku. Um, right. Uh, the, the weekend started so so well when almost at, the most captained uh, player was Ronaldo. And he didn't even start. He came off the bench, didn't do anything. Yeah, that was, so it was off was... to the perfect start. Mm-hmm. I was really like feeling something from Lukaku and the guy really let me down. He blanked against Southampton. And yeah. Salah pulls 13 out of the bag. So I got 38 points, bang on average. But oh, at the shit. end of the okay. day, it's a red arrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not too strong of a red arrow, I'm sure. You only went down... 130,000. So, I mean, not, not, not too damaging. 
disappointing um, nonetheless. Yeah, no, definitely. When I saw that Ronaldo blank, I, I got a little excited because uh, obviously Liverpool was the last game of the week, right? So first I watched Ronaldo blank. And then the thing is, I own Lukaku. I've owned Lukaku for three weeks now. I owned him since his, the game against, um, against Tottenham. And he's just been blanking for nice blank for me three times in a row. So I'm also very frustrated with Lukaku. And that's why I didn't have the confidence to captain him despite the fixture at home to Southampton. I just I just went four more fixtures, man. Salah just looks electric and like Lukaku just doesn't. But that doesn't mean I'm giving up on him. He's still in my team. I'm still holding on to him at least for that Norwich fixture. And probably the Newcastle and the Burnley one after that. So I don't think I can get rid of him now, despite the fact that I don't think he's been playing that great. But um Anyways, yeah, the story of the week, Ronaldo, Blanks, then Lukaku, Blanks, and that's, that was the, pretty much the consensus captain. And then you watch the rest of the games, like Arsenal goes goalless against Brighton. Spurs got a win. Son got two assists, but I'm sure no one captained him, but any Son owners, I'm sure I'm very happy this week. And then uh, Antonio Blanks against Brentford. And at that point, I was just feeling, I'm like, if everyone else who is captain this week blanked, like, what are the chances Salah blanked? So I, I went into that game excited. I was eager. I was like, there's definitely a goal coming here. And then Salah not only got me the goal, but the assist too. I was, it was a wonderful time to be alive, to be honest. But um, that said, the rest of my team was fucking dog shit because Antonio blanked, Lukaku blanked, Demarai Gray, Gray blanked. Rafinha blanked, Jota blanked, Semedo blanked, Cancelo got a nice zero, a donut. And one of the most disappointing things for me this week was that I brought in double Chelsea defense this week. I brought in Mendy in goal, as well as Marcos Alonso, who obviously didn't even play. <laughs> and then the fact that Chelsea couldn't hold together that clean sheet against Southampton was really just really heartbreaking. I was really happy when Chelsea conceded, conceded that goal because I also brought in Alonso that very week thinking like he's going to play for sure. Or I was, so, I, was, I was so pissed because this whole time I was like, watch me, I'm going to bring in Alonso and that week he's not going to play. But like he had been playing so much and he started the Champions League and he came off at halftime and I really thought he was going to play and he didn't play. <laughs> Yeah, Alonso broke a lot of hearts. I I knew it was a big risk when I brought him in. I saw that Champions League game where he split minutes with Chilwell. And I was like, this is definitely the riskiest pick out of all the Chelsea defenders. But that's why I paired him with Mendy, because I was like, that's the safest pick. And then I felt like the risk with Alonso is, I still stand by it. I stand by the decision. I still would take him over Aspir Rudiger any day. Because his attacking threat is the best in the league behind Trent Alexander-Arnold, if you ask me. Like, as far as defenders, players listed as defenders go, like, Alonso is not a defender, man. Like, this man has, looks like he's Chelsea's best attacking player most times he's on the pitch. So, it's a risk I was willing to take, and I still think it could pay off, and I'm hopeful about this week with Alonso. But it was definitely heartbreaking to see him get no minutes. And... Uh, it wasn't all bad. Livermento came off my bench for him. Got me a nice four-pointer. This guy's been a sneaky little sneaky little pick. He's been doing his putting in some shifts. So shout out Livermento. But yeah. Um, what do you think? Do you think Alonso's a hold or would you consider selling him now that you've seen Chilwell get some action? No, I'm still holding on to him. Um 
I think Tuchel just wanted to do some rotation, but I think Alonso is still going to be his go-to guy. Yeah. And I, well, what scares me, what scares me is that he prioritizes Alonso for Champions League and Chelsea for the Premier League. Now that Chelsea have a somewhat easier run of fixtures, but I need to see Alonso not start another game in order for me to like take him out. Yeah, I can agree with that. If he's benched again against Brentford this week, then maybe I start thinking to switch him over. And in which case, I, who, who would you look at? I would probably look at Rudiger. Okay. Or potentially Reese James if he starts getting nailed down again. But I feel like every time I get him, he gets a red card or he gets an injury. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel about Reese James anymore. But um, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just want a Chelsea defender who's gonna start every game. That's all I want. That's a lot to ask with, with Tuchel Roulette. But that's uh, the problem. did you do you feel, did you have Reese James when he got that red card? No, I didn't. But okay. I got him on the game where he got injured. So ah, uh, yeah, Reese James. Yes, yes. There's always that fear. But I think for me, I would still prefer him over over anyone like Rudiger or. Or Aspie. I just I just think the attacking threat from those Chelsea like wingbacks is just so high. And I think that could potentially overcome even if he was to miss a game or so. I just don't see Rudiger or Aspie getting that many attacking threats as attacking contributions this season. And the way Chelsea play, the, the wingbacks are so involved. Like even if Reese James misses the odd game, I still think he will he will overtake. Aspilicelta in points this week because I think he can he can score a goal he can get assists like I can see him getting like close to ten assists this season if he gets the the starting role held down for a while so like he's that type of player and the system allows it that for him and the same goes for the yeah. Lonzo so I'm a big fan of his James yeah so it's about the roulette that's my worry for some my risk yeah yeah that's the thing the thing is Chilwell's actually a very quality player. Reese James doesn't have that kind of quality, quality like competing with him and on his side of the the wing. So, if Reese James is healthy, I think I would confidently switch Alonso for him if I have uh, if I have an extra transfer and I feel confident in that move. So, I think that's something I would definitely keep my eyes on. But then again, I guess you can't go wrong with Rudiger. Like he's definitely a value player, and the same with Aspilicueta. I just. I just there's so much potential for more, and I just I'm I'm a greedy FPL player, man. I want I want the best the best attacking fullbacks, the really exciting ones, and that's what my team is right now. I don't have a center back in my team. <laughs> I have Kieran Tierney, Cancelo, Semedo, and Alonso. I mean, I think just a general rule. I I always love I love me the fullbacks. Yeah, you do have all fullbacks, huh? Yeah. And I'm looking at your team right now. You have Diaz while I have Cancelo. So do you want to talk to me why you decided? When did you bring Diaz in? Was that this week or was that in the past? No, it was two or three game weeks ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, there was some, I, I, last year I went for Cancelo. <laughs> and but the thing is like, honestly, like I've seen it in teams like Chelsea and I've seen it in teams like City, like, when they dominate, like really, really dominate the game, 
a lot of the times these center backs are playing like inside the opposition's half. Mm. And these center backs are now starting to get assists. I mean, like, I'm seeing a lot more from center backs than I used to. And honestly, like, Diaz is such a dominant player that I just, honestly, like, I felt like going for someone else for a change. And Diaz is just a solid. And the one thing that I guess is not as uh, relevant as last year, but I, I'm still, I still think Cancelo is um, still a little bit of risk in, in terms of rotation. He's pretty much nailed down, but he might miss the odd game. Diaz will never miss the odd game. Um, and I just wanted to get Diaz. I don't know. I just like, I just felt like that was the right move, and that's what I went for. You know what? You make some great points. I can't argue with you. Like, Diaz actually has been very involved in the team's attack, and especially in that city team where the center backs do actually quite get a lot of a lot of freedom. And I've seen, yeah, Diaz has played some killer passes this season. So you know what? I can't fault that at all. And like, if you look at Diaz's fucking scores this season like after blanking the first league against Tottenham he's dropped 11 6 7 8 5 like that steady contribution and you like you said the guarantee of starting in that city team every week that's that's something you can't find very often so you know what I really can't argue with the pick and now I'm rethinking my strategy maybe I need to find a way to bring DS in alongside Cancelo because I really do love Cancelo but now I'm thinking maybe I don't eat tomatoes so bad. So that's something that's definitely on my mind. But yeah. Another, well, while we were on the topic of Man City, how good was Phil Foden last, last week? <laughs> this I guy didn't watch look. the game. But did you not watch the game? No. I guess but I saw cool. the highlights. Oh my God, bro. You missed and... a great performance. Like Foden was the man. Foden and Salah were going at each other like they were they were definitely easily the stars of the game and they like and it's really crazy to think how good the City team can be when Kevin De Bruyne's not even playing near his best because Kevin De Bruyne was easily the worst player on that pitch that day if you ask me like he looks so sloppy he just was losing the ball constantly and City still looks so good and that's all the credit to their young talent and the likes of Phil Foden man this kid is just he amazes me every time I watch him play in, in big games as well. He's a big game player. And he was just a threat constantly throughout that game. And he, he deserved that goal he got. It was a great finish. So Phil Foden is definitely high on my watch list right now. Because look at these city fixtures coming up. Tell me your mouth doesn't start to water a bit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, just, I've just gone to my transfers and opened up uh, Phil Foden as an option. Yeah. You look at their next few fixtures, they got Burnley at home. And I swear, every single season, they beat Burnley at home 5-0. I feel like I've seen that happen like five years in a row. I know, I know. Burnley at home is a great fixture for City, followed by Brighton away and then Palace at home. Like, I can see City putting a lot of damage in these next three. The problem is, who is the man to get? Because Phil Foden looked electric against Liverpool. But then I, I really I can never be sure with with um with Pep Pep and they're playing they're playing in the Champions League three days after their prem game this week. So I definitely know that Phil Foden is in the best eleven, and it seems like Pep is placing more emphasis on the best eleven this week this season rather than 
this unlimited rotation that a lot of the time didn't seem to make sense in the past. I feel like he's prioritizing, like Grealish has played every game, like in the Premier League. And I think uh, as he should, like he's been, he's been great. And then um, Foden, when he was, when Ferran Torres was playing well, he was in the team every week. And now Foden's playing well. He looks like he's going to get some minutes, but I'm a bit hopeful that he might start against Burnley because the next game is against Club Bruges who I guess are actually ahead of City in the table right now. It's going to slander Club Bruges a bit, but maybe they will take that game pretty serious. So I don't know. It's tough. I really I really want to get in someone like Phil Foden or Jack Grealish, who I think could be more nailed. But now that the Champions League started, I think it's it might just be too risky for me to go down that path. What do you think? Do you think it's worth the risk for a City player with these fixtures coming up? It's too much stress for me. I can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I can't fault that. I mean, the problem is not, like, the thing is, like, what sucks is that what you don't know is whether he's going to play or not because you know that if he plays, you could not be any happier that he's playing. Because right. the guy, like you said, like, when he's in the mood, the guy is electric. But the problem oh, is, it's like, He's almost away sometimes because when he doesn't play, then he can, he'll still come on and get one point, and then like you don't really get the sub. So that's the problem for me personally. It's a bit too stressful when, especially like a player like Foden with a player like Pep, uh, with a manager like Pep. Sorry, um, but I do love the guy and I think he's incredible. So I can't argue against him. So you think your plan for these next three weeks is to go with just Ruben Diaz as your city yeah. options? Yeah, yeah. Fair Honestly, enough. the one the, the one guy I would consider is Jesus. Jesus, he has played I think every game too this season. But then again, maybe Pep will value him for the Champions League. Now that's the that's the problem. Okay, okay. then my other suggestion would be Ferran Torres. I think he might be playing these prime games. Yeah, I could see that. I can see because Jesus has been playing 90 the last couple. I could see him being the starter for that Champions League game. And I can see Ferran Torres, who hasn't been in the team for a couple weeks. I think this would be a great game to like reintroduce him against Burnley. Because he, he hasn't played in three weeks now. He's played zero minutes. And I'm sure he wouldn't want to... Yeah. And I'm sure you wouldn't want to insert him right back in against Club Bruges in the Champions League. So obviously, I'm sure they value that fixture a little more. So... That's actually a great shout. And honestly, it's risky again because then there's no guarantee he'll play the next game, right? But say you have two transfers this week and you don't know what to do with one of them, bring in Ferran Torres. I can't I think that would be I think that could be a great punt because he could go he could go he could go crazy against Burnley. Like City prove it every single season. They've been consistently smacking Burnley in the ass every season. So like if there's any guarantees in life, it's that they're going to win 5-0 on Saturday. So I, I like that Ferran Torres pick. That's not someone I thought about before. The other guy who's also been starting games for City is Bernardo Silva. That's true, but he's been playing in the midfield. I don't see him as an FPL option, but he has been playing most games. That's true. He's been playing really deep this season. He's been playing as uh, basically the. This eight. is the main problem with the city guys. That it's just too hard to predict who's gonna play. Yeah, and where are they gonna play too? Like 
you look like someone like Gundogan. One game is the primary like CDM. The next game is the false nine. Like you really don't know if uh, Gundogan's value, like even even though he's injured right now, that's another guy I would always consider. Yeah. Same with Grealish. Sometimes he plays on the wing. Sometimes in the midfield. It's hard to tell. Foden too, but. I actually really love that Torres pick, Torres shout. I think if I was to bring in a City player this week, I don't think I would trust Foden or Grealish to start. I would um, start Grealish to start. I mean, He's been starting every game, no? He has, but do you think he'll play Burnley and then he'll also play Club Rouge and then come back for Brighton? Well, maybe he won't play the full 90 minutes, but I think he'll start. He could, you're right. He could, he definitely could, but... um. Also with Grealish, to be honest, he just he doesn't excite me nearly as much as most of the city attackers. I think Foden has much higher goal threat. Mahrez, if he's playing, who also just doesn't play anymore, <laughs> is I think a much better like goal scoring player. Like Grealish is a great player, great for the build up. He can get some nice assists, but he's just not as explosive. Like I don't see him. I mean, I don't want to count him out. I mean, he did score like three and get two assists against Liverpool or some shit last year so I can't uh I can't doubt him completely but as far as this city team uh, strategy works their tactics work they don't need Grealish to be a goal scorer because they have those guys they have Foden they have Mares. so I think Grealish is just even though he is the most guaranteed player right now in the city team in the attacking sense I think he's the least exciting for me in terms of attacking potential Yeah, I think you're right. But while we're on the topic of midfielders around that six, seven million mark, the one guy I'm thinking to bring in who's safe and stress-free is uh, Bukayo Saka. I think at 6.3, now it seems like he's definitely a guaranteed starter. And he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks. And now you look at this next four games for Arsenal, Palace at home, Aston Villa at home, Leicester away, and then Watford at home. And a leaky Leicester. A leaky Leicester at that too. Three home games against like bottom 10 teams. Is Saka looking too good to pass up on right now? Right now, I don't need too many changes to my team. Yeah? You're, what are you thinking? You're, you're going to hold your transfer this week? No, definitely not. Um, I love that Saka option. Um, the other one that I will say... Uh, if you want to go for a more of a budget player, is you could go for Martin Odegaard, who is I think five point five. Yeah, I mean, um, but but otherwise, I, I think Saka is the better player and the better FPL asset. But I'm just suggesting Odegaard as a cheaper alternative. But Saka has been amazing, and I think he's gonna keep carrying this Arsenal team, and he's gonna only get more and more involved as the season goes on. So I, I think Saka is a great pick. No, I agree. I think the problem with Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, these guys are a little cheaper. I think Saka's just a better player. I think he's better going forward. And on top of that, I think I think he's probably the first name on the team sheet, like in the, in the midfield. Because I think even if Pepe comes into the team, that's the other fear that people have. Like, I don't think it's going to be for Saka. He could, Pepe can come in on the right. Saka can move to the left. Pepe can come in on the left. Saka can move in at the middle. Like, Saka can play anywhere across that mid, that attacking attacking three. And I think um, 
I think that's the reason I think he's the most nailed. And I think the the one player in Arsenal, I think I would be most gravitated towards besides for Kieran Tierney, who I still own already, who I also like as a pick. And and I like Tomiyasu too. I will say he, he does look like he's been pretty good and he's definitely nailed down that right back spot. So if you want to take a punt on Arsenal defense, I mean, they've been pretty good so far. They've kept a couple clean sheets in a row now. So that could also be a shout. Yeah, I think Arsenal are definitely uh, turning things around a little bit. Um, and they do have a good run of fixtures and they are going to be looking for wins and they do have momentum. So I'm currently an owner of Ben White. Um, I've had okay. since the beginning of the season. That's um, a solid pick. Uh, that was before Tommy Yasu and before Ramsdale came into the picture. Right. Ramsdale's um, all the talk right now. I think Ramsdale is probably the best option as a, for Arsenal defender because of the saves. And he's also 4.5. Maybe now he's... Yeah. Ramsdale's definitely a stealer. If I was on a wild card, I would definitely consider Ramsdale because I think yeah, Leno's made I, it clear had, that he's leaving. Yeah. Yeah, and that Ramsdale's going to start. So um, if I could get anyone from the defense slash keepers, my personal opinion would be go for Ramsdale. I think that's the best one. Um, but yeah, if you're going to go for the attackers, I think Saka is probably also your best option and the most nailed uh, player on that Arsenal team. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, unless you want to go for a big-time differential and go for Aubameyang, which I wouldn't. Speaking of differentials and Aubameyang, we didn't uh, we missed our <laughs> differential talk. Yeah, we did. So I do want to mention, yeah, Aubameyang is the guy I'm going with this week. I think this Palace at home fixture after this international break, I think he'll be excited. He'll be motivated to keep the the winning streak going. He's um very low owned. He's still at only how much? Uh, two point three percent owned. And he just got a goal and assist in, in, in the international break for, for his, his uh, country, Gabon. So maybe he's a bit extra extra confident too. So I think I think Aubameyang could do a little bit of damage against Palace. I think that could be a higher scoring game than people think too. I think Palace has some nice attacking players and they've actually not been as defensive of a team as they have been in seasons past. So I think this could be a fun game. I think Aubameyang might score some goals. But... That said, I wouldn't actually consider him as an option, to be honest. I think Saka's better, much better value. Aubameyang's still at like 10 million, 9.9. But um, as far as the differential game goes, I, he's my pick for this week. I'm going to be targeting the Chelsea game. And I'm going to be going with Timo Werner, who is right now owned by 1.8% of owners. Um, oh. My main reasoning for that is that A, Werner is coming out of a pretty good international break. I think he has scored three game, three goals in three games. Oh, shit. Um, and Lukaku has picked up a slight injury. Now, I don't know how serious it is, but I don't think it's going to be very serious in terms of long term. But I could definitely see him possibly resting this one game. Um, and Werner being the main man. So I was between Werner and Havertz, to be honest, but I think mm. Werner has that little bit of edge over Havertz this week. And yeah, so I went for Timo Werner. 
Good pick. I can't fault it. I think, yeah, Harwich has been in and out the team. Werner's actually been been doing well recently. So I don't hate the pick. It could be decent. Uh, we'll have to find out what Facundo puts in for his differential. But um, I'm excited for this week. I think both Werner and Aubameyang could have good weeks. So I think it'll be exciting to see who comes out on top. I think especially against Brentford, like I, I could also see some goals there. Brentford's a, a good team. So I think they might give Chelsea a, a run for their, their money, for their points. Yeah, Brentford have been a surprisingly good, have, have had a surprisingly great start to the season. Yeah, definitely. They're very uh, Leeds-like start to the season. The Leeds of this season, I guess. But uh, that said, the actual Leeds have been really shit so far. <laughs> um, yeah, Leeds I still have been own, very disappointing. I still own Bamford. And I need to figure out what the fuck I'm doing with this guy. You can own from Leeds is uh, Rafinha. Yeah, no, Rafinha is undoubtedly great value. I think they just underpriced him this year. Like, at 6.5, he's a much better player than that price tag suggests. So I would definitely own him, especially they still have fantastic fixtures right now. Like, if they weren't playing so shit, people would be tripled up on Leeds right now. I agree. I, I was ready for that as well. I really thought they would turn it around. Yeah, it's been definitely disappointing so far. But hey, they got a win on the last weekend. And um, maybe maybe they can put some strength, some wins together. But yeah, they haven't been playing all that great. But I guess they've been injury plagued. Maybe we'll see when everyone gets back fit. I just, I trust Leeds. I trust, I trust them. I trust their manager. I trust their talent because they proved it to us last year on several occasions. So. Like, I really want Daniel James to enter the topic of conversation. Yes, for sure. I think Daniel James, I mean, he's the reason I have to get rid of my fucking Rafinha, but I think Dan James could really show us what he's made of in this Leeds team. So I would be exciting to see what he has to offer. For sure. But yeah, I think Bamford probably, I keep hearing, I hear, I heard, I read that he's going to be back in training mid-October. So I guess around now he'll be back in training. So I guess I'm pretty sure he won't play against Southampton. It's at full training. So I'm going to assume he'll be back for Wolves at home for game week nine. But if I think I really, I just hard to get rid of him right now when I see the Norwich game coming up. <laughs> but when I see Norwich, my mouth just waters, man, for anyone. So same oh, with Lukaku. Like, after three blanks, I might have considered getting rid of him, except he has Norwich at home in two weeks, and then Newcastle after that. So this would be the wrong time to get rid of Lukaku. Definitely, whether definitely. he's blanked the last three weeks or not, it would be the wrong time to get rid of Lukaku. No, I agree. It's it's definitely smart to keep him. But let's say let's say you're someone who owns Ronaldo this week. Would you consider switching him out to Lukaku right now, or would you hold on to Cristiano? I would um, I would switch them out. Yeah. I think United's fixtures are going to get really tough. Um, I can't blame you for going with Ronaldo. I think it's always it's like Salah, you know, he's going to play, he's going to score against the big teams as well. However, I just don't think he'll outperform Lukaku with the fixtures that he has. So if you have to go between one of them, I advise go for Lukaku. And if you have a extra transfer, I would also advise go for Lukaku. 
Right. But what I will say is maybe what I would do, actually, I would go for Lukaku. I stand by that. But if you have Ronaldo, I wouldn't switch him out for Ronaldo right now because Lukaku does have that injury risk. And United are playing against Leicester this week, which have who have been incredibly leaky right. all season. I'm extremely disappointed with Schmeichel. Um, so I would actually hold off, keep Ronaldo for this game. Um, and if Lukaku is then, if he starts this first game, then, then make the transfer. Or if he doesn't play this game, wait for the confirmation that he'll play the following game. Yeah, I like that. I like that that game plan. I think Ronaldo's definitely going to start, right, against Leicester. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, he has to because United have dropped points in the last two games of the Prem, so they have to win this game. Right. You know, it's definitely a must-win. So, yeah, I think Ronaldo will definitely be starting. And, I, yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. I would hold on one more week. But I think this week, having Leicester, like you said, it's not as tough a fixture as it might have seemed. And... um you can definitely hold out because of the Lukaku injury and then maybe consider, then definitely I would, if Lukaku's fit, you bring him in against Norwich at home. That's for sure. And you know, my struggle with Lukaku is that the thing is, I'm not that high on Lukaku as a player. I don't think he's going to be top scorer in the Prem. But the problem is there's no other Chelsea attacking options and they have such a great run of fixtures. This is the issue because I thought Havertz might be an option, but then he's been out the team a few weeks. Werner has been in and out. I mean, he's in right now, but I don't know how long that's guaranteed. You look at Pulisic, he's been still yet to play since the first week. He's been injured. Mason Mount could potentially be an option, but then again, he's not been playing too many minutes lately. So that's the thing. It leaves me no option but Lukaku because like, I want to be involved in this Chelsea run, but I don't necessarily think Lukaku is the best value at 11.7. I don't think He's the must-have guy, but it just due to a lack of other opportunity. Because if if I would love if Mason Mount at 7.4 was a consistent starter, or Havertz at 8.2 could be in the team, or Pulisic at 7.9, I would love to have these guys. Because I think Chelsea's a great team and I think they're gonna score a lot of goals. But right now they only have one guy who look who like is nailed into the team week in, week out, and that's Romelu Lukaku. So I think by default, I have to own him. And it is what it is. And I hope he gets it together soon. But if he blanks in this next week or two, like it's really going to feel really shit because I could have had so much value that whole time. I could have had someone like Jimenez who's been looking so good and like really making me... Only because of this other guy, Juan. Right. And that's another guy I'd love to have. Look at him at 5.6 million, just looking delicious. He's starting every game. I mean, I scored three goals in four games. Like, He's looking good, bro. <laughs> and Wolves' fixtures are still really great too. They have they have Villa next up next, then Leeds, then Everton, then Palace, then West Ham, but then they have Norwich and Burnley. Like every week, I'm just questioning why I have someone like Lukaku over someone like Jimenez. When and I mean, and the thing is, I'm not. I know I'm not going to do anything about it because at the end of the day, <laughs> Lukaku has fantastic fixtures, and he's the only guy I trust to start week in week out for that Chelsea attack. Yeah, I think right now, without question, you just kind of need to go for Lukaku and you need to trust that he's going to do the job because at the end of the day, he's going to do the job. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I but, hope. Um, but I get what you mean. And I think that after this run of fixtures, 
I definitely agree with you that Lukaku isn't necessarily the best value for points. And um, I will also be, I will probably be looking to probably spread that money elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Or maybe get Ronaldo if United's fixtures improve. Who knows? That's that's what I've been keeping my eyes on. I think I think Ronaldo is the better player. I think Ronaldo is the focal points and and like I think it's the rest of the United team could become options too. That's the thing. Uh, if 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 I see um, what's his name Rashford returned, which is something we were talking about before this pod. He he looks like he could be back soon. I think that's definitely someone if he's back in the team I would consider. I mean, you look at game week fifteen. I mean, it's, I know it's a little wilds away, but their fixture run is ridiculous from there onwards. So yeah, definitely keeping an eye on these United players. Ronaldo for sure. And I think he'll yeah, be the defense. We'll see. I can't tell. Hmm. But yeah, they're definitely like United. Don't, don't bring them in right away. But just know that you will be bringing them in soon. Oh, definitely. And I think it, it works out really well because I think that's right around where uh, Lukaku's like incredible run runs out around then. And then there's still some decent games, but I think we might have some better games at that point. So that feels like a long-term strategy. What about Antonio? We both own Antonio. And I want, wanted to know your thoughts. Like his fixtures don't look too good right now. He has Everton away, then Tottenham then Villa, and then Liverpool, and then Wolves, and then City, and then Brighton, and then Chelsea. So, like, the games really are not that good. But is Antonio just one of those guys we just keep until he gets injured? Like, is he that good? Yeah, so the thing is, I was going to ask you about that, actually, because currently I own Antonio and Ben Rama. Oof, okay. And um, I'm thinking, do I take out Ben Rama? I think Antonio, and over Antonio... So I think, because I think what the problem is going to be for a lot of people is that they're going to have both. Um, right. And if you have both, I think if, let's see if you agree with me, that the first one to take out would be Ben Rama. And I think, Definitely. honestly, like, I have, honestly, I have no shame in keeping Antonio doing hard fixtures. This guy's he's a beast. The guy's a beast. I, I agree. I think Antonio... Antonio, man, if, if this guy never had any injuries, like, I could see him being... 11.5 million striker right there with Lukaku like this season like the thing is he has that quality like you see you see what he can do like it's really astounding a lot of the time it's just, it's just really unfortunate how often injuries plague his career but I I think as Antonio while he's fit is just an automatic fixture in my team like I'm gonna keep him I despite the fixtures because that's the thing he's a big game player too he scored against all the tough teams I can't remember a big team he hasn't scored against. So he got two goals and an assist against Leicester this season. Like, like he's he's shown what he can do, you know. So yeah, he has hard fixtures, but I would definitely hold on to him. But Ben Rama, on the other hand, ah, oh, Ben Rama's a tough one for me because he's already burnt the fuck out of me this year. Because my dumbass benched him in game week two when he got twelve week points. So I've already been regretting that decision, and it's been living in my mind since then. And then I got rid of him, and then he scored against United. So I really like. I benched I'm, him in that game. I'm afraid of Ben Rama. Oh, you benched him? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, this guy, 
And the thing is, now he's again ninety minutes nailed on. That, but that's the only reason I got him out. I thought he might be losing his like minutes at least when he got subbed off early against Southampton. And I saw Fornals making making moves in that cam spot. So, but now it seems like Benrahma's nailed again. So I think Benrahma is good value in that midfield, despite the good fixtures. But I agree. I would definitely get rid of him before Antonio. But I wouldn't feel a rush to get rid of him right now either, because I think also he was like severely kind of underpriced this year. I think six points. He's at six point six now. I still think that's fantastic value for a guy. I think can get a lot more goals and assists and is a focal point in this West Ham attack. And West Ham have been good this season. They've been really good. So I think I would hold on to Anto- uh, Ben Rama too, unless there's a guy I'd really want to bring in in the midfield. So someone like Bukayo Saka, I could I could see that argument. Someone like um, Ferran Torres or Foden or Grealish. If you if you are confident that you, they're gonna get the start, then I can I could justify that. Or if you want to spend some extra money and get someone like Son, I like that pick too because I think Son has been really good this year sneakily. But um, and he has some nice fixtures coming up. So, but besides from that, I think Benrahma is a perfectly good hold too. If you have other problems in your team you want to address, I think I think I would be happy holding Benrahma. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you what I should do with my team. Because there's currently, you sold me on that idea of getting Saka. I think that's a brilliant move. So I really want to get Saka. But then there's just been one player that I've had my uh, my eye on since the beginning of the season. Who's that? And I need to now. I need to know which one to do, and like which to player to take out to allow me to do the other transfer. Because if I take out Ben Rama and I get Saka, it takes away the option of me taking out Dennis, the Watford forward, uh-huh. or Adam Armstrong, the new Southampton Ooh. signing. Okay. Full disclosure, I'm getting Saka in this week. I'm pretty sure. So I am going to be biased in that sense. But to give you an honest answer, Southampton have some stupid good fixtures, bro. <laughs> they have a, such a nice run for the next five. And I, I honestly really like the Armstrong pick because, I mean, he's nailed as nailed can be. And he has, he looks like their best attacking player right now. So, and it's great value at 6 million. You can't argue with that value. I th- Honestly, bro, I think it comes down to whether you want an extra striker or an extra midfielder. Like, thing is, they're both such good picks for these next few games. I would just try to think long-term. So, like, that money you would save on, in, in your forward line by getting Armstrong, where w- would you potentially w- be looking at a high-value midfielder in the future? Or instead, do you want to save that money in the midfield because you're looking at a high-value striker in the future? I think that's how I would decide. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I think both those guys could be equally as good these next few games. But... um. Yeah, I think I would just try to plan it long term because I mean, if you save that money in the midfield, getting someone like Saka, maybe that opens up a spot for you to bring in a Jimenez or. Um, yeah, but the only way, the only way that I I make money because I either take out Ben Rama, uh-huh. and I put because I have some money, I have point eight in the bank. Right. So if I take out Ben Rama, I have enough to get Saka, but nice. then I have to stay with stick to Dennis, or. 
I can take Jota out for Saka and I hold with I keep Ben Rama and then I make money and I'll still be able to make the Armstrong move in the next week. Okay. Uh, is Dennis I don't know. supposed to be a starter for you? No, he was just like a temporary move. Okay, that's what I was saying. The, the good his fixtures right that's now are dog shit. Yeah, yeah, so that's why I don't want to keep Dennis. Okay. I think, I, you know, I think, I think I'm going to do the Armstrong move. I think I'm feeling pretty good about it. I've been telling myself I'm going to do that move since game week one, and I'm going to stick to it. Okay, then you're going to, I'm going to drive you insane, but I think that's the wrong move. Because I'm looking at your bench right now. You have Trent Alexander-Arnold just sitting there. You have Marcus Alonso who was benched this week. Like, you're going to give yourself the benching headache of a lifetime if you bring in Armstrong. That's the one thing. And I guess it's a good problem to have technically. But like, bro. No, no, no. But it's, it's, it's really for, for this. Okay, so if I bring in Armstrong, right. it does complicate things a little bit. But Definitely. I do not plan to start Sissoko against Liverpool. I do not plan to start Marcel against Aston Villa. So it's just a matter of dropping one guy. And I think I would drop Ben Rama. At that point, you're benching Marcel and Ben Rama. That's a lot of value on your bench. I mean, if you feel confident in that move, I would go for it. But, man, you have a deep squad right now. <laughs> like, like... Oof, it's tough because I think Zolta could have a good week. I think Benrahma's like Dennis is definitely the weak link. But um, you know what? I think it's the right move because at the end of the day, a benching headache is not a real issue. It's just annoying. <laughs> but realistically, you just want to get the most points on the board, right? So if you feel confident that move, if you've been eyeing him for a while, if you think he's a good player, yeah, I go for it. I mean, I'm going to go for Saka this week. So maybe I can make you regret it and rub it in your face. So that's also a great so upside. What I'm hearing is you suggest that I take out Ben Rama for Saka. No, I didn't, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> but that's if in a hypothetical situation, that's what you would do. I might take out Jota instead. Because I, I, that's the move I'm thinking of doing. I'm thinking of doing Jota for Saka. Because I think Firmino's back and he's looking good. Like, admittedly, Jota has a good fixture this week against Watford and he's probably going to play. But um, now that Firmino's properly back in the team, as well as the fact that Jota has not been that great lately, I think, I mean, I'm just telling you the move I'm doing. So I don't know how much that's helping you. And how honest no. that is. But I'm you doing know, Jota for soccer. But I think what you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to I'm going to do I think I'm going to do the Armstrong move. And then the following week, if I still feel like I think it's the right move, I'll bring in Saka. Yeah, I okay. Yeah, that actually works. I think you give Jota the Watford fixture that way, and you get uh Armstrong in for the, the nice fixture he has this week against Leeds. So, at home. Yeah, yeah I like I'm that move. About that. I like that play. I would just say the one thing I would keep in mind is that involves a bit of planning long-term. So, just, you know, keep in mind that you might not be able to do that move next week. Let's say Alonso is still benched and then maybe you want to bring in someone like Reese James. Then you have to consider maybe taking a hit. But um, 
Actually, never mind, because you have fucking squad depth. So maybe you could just bench Alonso for a week. So you know what? I say go for it. Go for the Armstrong move. And I hope Saka makes you regret it, but good luck. It's locked in. It's done. It's done? It's Love done. to see it. I mean, I'm still waiting for this last game week in case I see some stupid shit. So, I mean, this last day, because I've already waited this long. I missed a couple of price rises. So, you know, the one guy I want to ask you about <sighs> fucking Demarai Gray. Is this guy just not going to be good again, or should I give him more time? I, I haven't watched him closely until the last okay. game. Uh huh. And he looked amazing in the last game. Um, True, he did, but that was Norwich at home. <laughs> no, the last game was against oh, United. Oh, no, sorry. All oh, right, against United. No, you're right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He got so, the assist yeah, for so, the assist that game, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, how are their fixtures? I mean, he has West Ham, but then he has Watford and Wolves. So maybe I'll keep hold him. I think I might hold on for that Watford game at least, and then I'll see. I definitely would consider. Actually, I would. In fact, I might. I would probably get Gray over Saka. Really? Yeah. He impressed you that much? Yeah, yeah, he did. Fair enough. I mean, I I watched the highlights. I didn't watch the United Everton game all the way, but. He, yeah, he, that assist. He looks. He's a strong boy, man. <laughs> that fucking. No, he, he he he's playing. He's playing. So I, honestly, I think that might be my move instead of Saka. I might be doing Demarai Gray. Uh, you're welcome, I guess. Yeah, yeah you pointed that out to me. <laughs> I guess you helped me. Too. All right, I guess I'll I'll hold on to him then. If uh, that's what you believe. Yeah, I guess my my biggest issue this week is my team is there's a lot of risk associated with my team. There's Lukaku with the yellow flag, Bamford with the orange, Jota with the yellow, as well as his playing time being questioned for Firmino. Alonso's playing time questioned because of rotation. Cancelo's playing time questioned because he's Pep's player. So I could technically have like five players this week, but <laughs> I mean, if all goes well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this next week too because the fixtures look nice on paper. I don't think I have any fixtures I wouldn't consider a good fixture this week. So, I guess the last thing we should talk about. I feel like you're about to bring it up, anyways. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's pretty (laughs) obvious now who it's gonna be. Let's talk about the captaincy. Uh, Only really one option. There's one man. It's it's the king. (laughs) It's the king. Mo Salah. You gotta you gotta captain him after what we saw last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Absolutely. What a nice little international break to rest. And he's playing Watford. Like, is there anyone else you would even consider, like, realistically? Like, there isn't. Um, I think there's definitely going to be people who are going to want to captain Ronaldo. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, if you don't own Salah, then that's who I would go for. But if you own Salah, then you go Salah. Yeah. Although Ronaldo, I can respect. I think Lukaku was in that pool until the injury scare. So I think it's not worth risking Lukaku anymore. Right. Um, so I think it's mostly going to be between Salah and Ronaldo. I don't think the City... Well, I don't know who you would captain in that City team. Uh, Kevin? KDB? 
Yeah, KDB. But, other, yeah, but I think Salah will be the, the most captained uh, player this week. Oh, so By far. If you don't captain Salah and you own, well, if, even if you own Salah, if you captain, if you don't captain Salah, you just know he's going to have negative impact on you if oh, he yeah. does something. He could fuck you up. But, yeah, I think, uh, also, I don't, who the fuck would own KDB right now? Because, <laughs> I mean, most people have two premiums, right? And I think if you don't have Salah, like, you must be fucking struggling because <laughs> his man's averaging 10 points a week. And then I'm, I think most people probably have Lukaku or Ronaldo at this point. So I think it'd be yeah. very hard to squeeze Man City. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne in your team. I mean, yeah, he's 2.1% owned. Speaks for itself. Not that he's a bad player. And now that he's starting, I think he'll put on great points. But in this form that Salah's in and these fixtures that Lukaku has, I wouldn't look any further. Yeah, me neither. And I think at KDB, everyone's just been a little bit slow to get KDB because the other premiums like Bruno even is still doing great, even with Ronaldo. Right, um, yeah. Bruno's been surprisingly decent. KDB hasn't gotten into his rhythm in a long time, so people are just a bit skeptical about him. But if he gets, you know, if he goes a month without getting an injury, starts getting game time, then I think people will start bringing him back in. Yeah. I can agree with that. I think, I think, yeah, De Bruyne definitely. If you do have him this week, then yeah, could be a good captain shot. Burnley at home, he's pretty nailed. Now he looks like he's fit again. He could go off for sure, but like, unless you're part of that 2.1% and, and you don't have De Bruyne, Salah is easy, man. It's too easy. It's Watford. He's averaging 10 points a week. On track for 380 points if he kept this up, which obviously I don't, I don't think he will, but shit, like he's been so good. And like the game we saw from him last week was actually historic. Like it's something that we will remember because he, he just put that team on his back and got them fucking a point and could have got them more if Fabinho, if Fabinho, I, I, I know you didn't watch the game, but Fabinho literally had a tap in and he hesitated. To see, I don't know if he's seeing someone slides or something. And if he scored that, that would have been another assist for Salah. My captaincy would have been killing it. And Liverpool would have got the three points. So that was the most heartbreaking thing I'd ever seen. But I'm not going to complain. I got a goal and assist against Man City as my captain. So it was happy days for me. Yeah, I'm so pissed about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. And... uh I know Facundo's not here, but we should give him a little shout out. Yeah, he got 48 points this week. He captained Lukaku, but he had Jimenez in his team, who got him a nice 10 pointer. So he had a pretty decent week. And he's top 36K right now. So shout out Facundo. He's doing really great. And uh, hopefully he returns back to the pod soon so we can get more of his thoughts. But anything else you want to add to this pod, Ayo, before we say our goodbyes? Um, yeah, I just want to say that uh, I hope you're all as happy as we are that the international break is coming to an end and that football is coming back and that means that FPL is live. And I wish you all the best of game weeks. Um, I sure as hell need a good week. Yeah, <laughs> that was really endearing, Ayo. Thank you. Uh, yeah, wishing you guys the best. Bring in Bukayo Saka and have a good week with me. Or don't. Oh, Adam Armstrong. He's a great differential. Yeah. I almost picked him as my differential. 
that would have been a lot of pay, but fair enough. All right, that's all for this week. We'll see you guys. The, the game week's in just three days now. Premier League is almost back. And I know we'll make sure to record a pod soon after and talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. See you guys.